0: Welcome to Bible Study. This is Nick Krita, your host. Very good to be with you again, because I miss you for a number of weeks. And I'd like to thank also Len, who was filling in for me and did a great job as a host. But also thank you uh, all on the panel. And we have a full panel today, and thank God for that. I would like to welcome first Will. We miss you for um, some time, Will, but it's good to have you back. It's good to be back. Thank you. Also, I'd like to welcome Joe. Thank you, Nick. It's great to be back again. And uh, Ken, good to have you with us also.
1: Thank you very much, Nick. It's good to see you guys back again and uh, really excited about today's study. It's, uh, it's a real, real interesting one.
0: Looking forward. Ligia, thank you for joining us. It's a delight to be part of God's study. And Marek, welcome from the
2: cold uh, hills of Adelaide. It's quite frosty this morning, but heart's feeling warm. Looking forward to the study. <laughs> Very good. And Helen,
0: um, I would like to welcome you, but at the same time, thank you for uh, putting together this uh, study and facilitating. Good to have you with us on the program.
3: Yes, it's really great. It's great to have you all here
0: as well. Bless you. It's a very uh, important um, topic for us today. We we are talking about the covenants and, you know, uh, and overall God's promises to us all. And uh, it will be very interesting to look today into a special sign of his covenant with us all. And Helen, with no further comments, I would like to just... Uh, Uh, pass it over to you please take us through
3: thank you very much Nick okay as you said it is a very important subject and the study today is all about the covenant sign the Sabbath the Sabbath goes beyond being a mere allotment of time it is a promise of a rich and meaningful relationship with God I have to say straight off that I love the Sabbath and I can't wait for the Sabbath to come And it's a time for that relationship. It's a day we set aside everything in our lives except God and take time to strengthen our relationship with him. The Sabbath can be understood only if we consider the beginnings, though. And that's what we're going to do this morning. But before we start, Lydia, would you pray for us, please?
4: Yes, thank you. Glorious Father in heaven, we're coming here before you to thank you so much that we have you as our Father, loving, gracious, Almighty God, the Savior, the Redeemer, the one which is in control of everything. Father, thank you so much for this opportunity to study your holy word again. Please bless us, Father, with your Holy Spirit in our hearts and give us your holy light to understand this unique subject of the Sabbath, the covenant sign in the context uh, of the Sinai covenant. Father, we trust in you that you hear our prayer and you will answer according to your holy will. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' precious name. Amen.
3: Amen. But I also say it is so lovely to have Nick and Lydia back after such a long break. So welcome back. Okay, today we're going to hopefully explore four sections about the Sabbath. We want to talk about the origin of the Sabbath. The Sabbath before Sinai, when, when the law was on the, the uh, stones. The covenant sign, sign of knowledge and sanctification. And uh, what is the Sabbath an appropriate covenant sign of? And remembering the Sabbath. So let's start with the first question. What is the origin of the Sabbath? Ken, would you take us through,
1: please? Certainly. And I'm going to start off this morning reading Genesis 2, verses 2 and 3. And on the seventh day, God ended his work which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it he had rested from all his work which God had created and made. Now here we see it plainly talks about the seventh day as we have just heard. seventh day is first mentioned in Genesis 2 and verse 2. So it goes right back to the very beginning or start of the world and man. Now, rest. In the Torah, it is written, On the seventh day, God finished the work and ceased from all the work. As all church leaders know, Saturday is the seventh day of the week. Now, the Hebrew word here is minuchah. I hope I have got the pronunciation right. I'll do my best of these. And rest is an inadequate translation to say that Shabbat or Sabbath means a Sabbath of rest only tells half the story. In the Shabbat literary, we are given a more complete many-layer understanding of the word. It is the afternoon service tells us, a rest of love freely giving, a rest of truth and sincerity, a rest of peace and tranquility, a quietude and safety, yet at the same time it is a rest yoked in the same breath to holiness and inexplicably linked to the concept is the fact that the rest comes from the Almighty and exists so that we as Christians might glorify God's name to bring holiness to God.
3: Thank you, Ken. One thing I did notice when you read that text, it doesn't actually identify the seventh day of the Sabbath, does it?
1: Not exactly. It gives us, it tells us it is the seventh day, but yes if you look into anything today regarding dates and times, the seventh day is Saturday.
3: Thank you. Joe, um, a question that comes to my mind is that God rested on the Sabbath. Was God in need of physical rest? Was he worn out from his work, you know, of creation during um, creation week? Why would God need to rest on, on the Sabbath? Perhaps you can enlighten it. You know, did he need it? Well, that's a really good question,
5: Helen. Uh, people often think that it's only physical rest that we're concerned with. Um, however, God, as we all know, did not need the rest. He's omnipotent. Um, he wasn't puffed out from all the hard work he had been doing. But if we look at the text that Ken just read to us, um, we often read he rested, he blessed and sanctified it. But just before that, it says that God ended his work. And it shows that there was a process there. He had been engaged in activity, and now it had ended. He ended what he had been doing, and he entered a very special time of rest, which he spent in communion with his creation. Okay, in this time-poor world, um, we're all pressured and we're stressed and It's very hard for families to be able to have communion, if you like, a a meaningful, to be able to interact in a meaningful way. And so this, if ever it were, it was relevant, it's relevant today so that families can put down their, their technology and their iPads and phones and actually engage with one another. God has set aside time as a, as our parent, our heavenly parent, he set aside time. He says, Hey, I want to spend time with you. Will you join me on the Sabbath? We're together all week, but especially on the Sabbath, I'm taking a day of rest. Please take time to be with me and with your family. So I think of it as a uh, entering into um, a unique phase of the week. It's not more of the same. And sometimes in our busy lives, you know, the activities of the week can creep into the Sabbath as well. But this is not... Um, more of the same or a blending or morphing of the two. This is something unique. There's a demarcation between God ended his work and he rested and he blessed it and sanctified it. And I think it's very, very special.
3: Oh, Joe, thank you so much for that. I'm so excited that we have the King of Kings, the great creator who is our best friend, and he wants to keep an appointment with us. Every week. I'm I'm just blown away when I think about that. That's one reason I can't wait for the Sabbath. Even though I converse with him every day, the Sabbath is so special. Marek, you had something you wanted to say.
2: Well, it's been mentioned, but I want to highlight the fact that when God created things, he blessed the things that he had created. But when it comes to the Sabbath, he not only blessed the Sabbath, but he made it holy. It's the very first thing in Scripture that has been made holy. And what's fascinating is that it's not a place, not a geographical location, but it's time that God makes holy. And uh, and God is the only one that can make something holy. That's an attribute that belongs only to God. And so the Sabbath is about God, God's presence, uh, God's desire to commune with us, his ability to bestow the status of Holiness uh, upon something. These are very important things. We may choose another day, but what good is that other day to us if it is not made holy by God himself?
3: Oh, Thank you, Mary. What does the word holy mean?
2: Set aside.
3: Thank you, Nick. You wanted to say something else as well. Yes, Yes, God, let me just add. Yes, God created each day, but he set the Sabbath aside, something special, you know, which is absolutely amazing. Thank you, Nick. You
0: wanted to. Yeah, I, I was going to just continue on the same line, which, you know, uh, Joe and uh, Marek were, were talking about. And just look at this amazing thing. God, with the whole creation, God said, you know, after creating, you know, um, this earth and the birds and the, everything else, it was good. You know, it was good. And then God created human being. And he said was very good. very good. And imagine then at the end when he set aside the Sabbath and sanctified it and made, you know, blessed it. That was very, very good.
3: Mm. And, you know, it's just, it's hard to imagine. Now, I wasn't brought up um, keeping the seventh day Sabbath. But as I said to you, you know, it's just so important to me now. I mean, he The Lord says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And that's why I want to keep them. I, I, I love him so much, you know, and, and what he's done for me. And I guess m- all the panel, you could testify to that. It is such a delight when the Sabbath comes to know that we can set aside our work and we can spend that day with like believers in the scripture, getting close to God to know him. Can you? Uh, you wanted to add something.
1: Yeah, I just want to throw a little thing in here. I don't know if anyone else is going to mention it, but uh, as we know, God is very specific with uh, things that he says. And when we think of the Sabbath, or when perhaps other people think of the Sabbath, they obviously maybe think of Sunday morning tonight. night. But actually, if you go to Genesis 1 and verse 2, it clearly states that a day for the Lord is the evening and the morning is the one day. So Sabbath actually starts on the Friday evening and goes to Saturday evening. I just wanted to throw that in. Thank you,
3: Ken. Not many people know that unless they've studied into Scripture. Thank you for that. Will, could you read Exodus 16, 26 and 29 for us? and Let's know what that tells us about the Sabbath, please.
6: Exodus 16, verses 26 and 29. Six days you shall gather it, but on the seventh day... The Sabbath, there will be none. Talking about the manna being uh, given in the wilderness. Uh, Six days shall you gather it, but on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there will be none. See, for the Lord has given you the Sabbath, therefore he gives you on the sixth day bread for two days. Let every man remain in his place. Let no man go out of his place on the seventh day. What I see here is, is that God is illustrating the sanctity of the Sabbath and asking people to, to not gather manna on the Sabbath day, but in lieu of that, he would give them a double supply on the Friday. Now, the amazing thing, and I think we'll comment on it a little later, the amazing thing about this is, is that uh, every day, The very next morning after the manna was given the previous day, it became rancid. It became sour. It even had worms in it. However, on the uh, Friday, a a manna was um, given to them that lasted right through until the seventh day as well. I see here that God is trying to teach the people uh, that the Sabbath is a most important day to keep and uh, that they should... uh, spend time with him on that day.
3: Oh, Will, thank you so much. What an amazing miracle. First, he sent, gives them manna, which was a miracle. Well, what is manna, Will?
6: Nobody really knows. It was a flaky substance that, um, um, <laughs> that perhaps looked like a thick frost or so. It was a bread that God gave um, on, the, on the earth and was able to be gathered and even prepared into bread. Uh, like a like a flower if you wish or a pollen we don't really know maybe some of the manna, some of the people on the panel could tell us more about manna because none of us have seen it i mean just uh, very quickly on
0: that uh, will uh, how i understand myself It's i, I will compare it i'll say the food from god you know because god gave um, you know man uh, all sorts of things to eat when uh, the creation says okay all the seeds all the fruits all the whatever but in the wilderness it was from god particularly nobody knew about that before and maybe not even after and somewhere in the bible now if you could uh, help me with this it says that it's the the bread of angels you know it's heaven. Mm. Or, yeah or from heaven but it mentions something about the angels also. What I would like to say in regard to that is that provision from God on the Sabbath day, when every other day that food was not uh, supposed to, to last, you know, I mean, was going off. But on the Sabbath day, it was as good as the other day. And God said that. And that's what I'm trying to probably uh, get out of this in regard to the Sabbath. When God said something about the Sabbath and set it aside, you know, blessed, sanctified it, it's something special. And we mentioned at the beginning that um, it's wonderful to experience that uh, rest with the Lord on the Sabbath day. And only those people who practice and experience the rest of the Sabbath can talk about these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I will tell you why, because I came from a family where, you know, most of my uh, family and relatives, they don't keep Sabbath. And um, one day I've been asked by my eldest brother and said, he said to me, why I cannot keep my Sabbath, which he referred to Sunday as you keep your Sabbath. And we were farmers, you know, going to the farm and, and he said, I want to keep the Sabbath as you keep the Sabbath. And the only thing I could say at that time, which I believe God inspired me to answer my brother, I said, because it's not blessed. How can you keep a day which is not blessed and sanctified by God? Even if you try, even if you try, you'll never be able to keep it as God intended us Mm -hmm. all.
3: Great answer, Nick. My father did the same thing. He tried to keep Sunday like like um, Saturday, the seventh day, and, and it was exactly the same. But what a miracle God did. You know, I mean, he was the one that supplied the manor. He was the one that um, looked after the manor so that it didn't rot on after the preparation day. They picked up two. There was another miracle, just amazing. Merrick, you wanted to say something and then
2: will. Well, one of the things we need to emphasize that it was a gift from God. People did not have to worry; they did not have to be anxious as to where their food and provisions will come from. God provided. And what's interesting, we do have a little bit of a description in the Bible of what it was. The people called it called the bread manna, but uh, in uh, in Exodus chapter sixteen, it says. It was like coriander seed and tasted like wafers made with honey. So, uh, you know, they were like uh, uh, pancakes with, uh, with honey on them. And, uh, it, must have been, it must have been really delicious. But, you know, what's uh, also quite interesting that in, in John chapter uh, 6, Jesus compares himself to the manna. Uh, Christ is our daily bread who testifies to our eternal and spiritual needs. So here is something beautiful, something tasty. And uh, and Christ himself likens himself to being that bread, that manna.
3: Merrick, thank you so much. Wonderful. Will, you wanted to add something?
6: I think it's a miracle, a wonderful miracle that while we have said that the manna only lasted, uh, well, didn't last for longer than 24 hours, uh, but that it did last on the the se- the sixth day right through into the seventh, we seem to forget that um, a portion of manna was placed in the ark, and this lasted for years and years and years it was kept in the ark and never went rancid, never got never became sour right there inside the ark of God. So we have three time periods connected to this manner. Um, that in itself is, is, is a miracle that we cannot understand.
3: Boy, that is so, so true. Thank you, Will. Panel, I want to ask the question, if someone were to ask you, how has keeping the Sabbath benefited your relationship with the Lord, how would you respond? Just need some short answers, and I'm going to be really mean this morning. Ken, you've got your hand up. I'm going to ask you first, but I I would love all the panel. Be ready because I'm going to ask you each one to give us an answer, please. So, Ken, kick us off with that one. Thanks.
1: Well, I think for me the Sabbath is being good because, as you all know, today's world is so fast and everybody's rushing around, even people that are retired or busier than those people that are working, and I speak from experience. So when the Sabbath comes along, it's a day, it's it's like a time clock, a built-in time clock that you automatically stop all cares of the world, stop all the things that you would normally do, and you then focus on the Lord. So the way I look at it, it's it's... It's a connection that you have. You automatically change gears and go into
2: neutral for a day.
3: Good example. Merrick, what would you say to that, just briefly,
2: please? Well, the Sabbath certainly reminds us of our origins. It's, it's so fundamental to human existence that as we look at the Sabbath, we are reminded of the fact that we did not evolve, but God created us in his image. He seeks to commune with us. Uh, Our spiritual nature turns towards God, just like a flower turns towards the sun. And the Sabbath will ever remind us of that fact. And I appreciate the Sabbath because not only does it tell me of my origins, but it's a means by which I can preserve my relationship with God, preserve my relationship with my family, with the community, and even how to preserve the environment within which I live. And I think that is extremely precious.
3: Thank you so much. Joe. would you like to share with us too uh, how has keeping the Sabbath benefited your relationship with the Lord? Well, like everybody else, I suppose,
5: Helen, um, my weeks are very, very busy and so busy sometimes that they're a blur. And I just cannot think, has a whole week gone past? But I find that the Sabbath is a good, it's the grounding time. And, um, you know, if we're all familiar with root recalculation and sometimes um, you know we just get so busy we sometimes get distracted and the sabbath is a time where our root can be recalculated and we could be you know reshifted back onto the right track with the right focus um, basically getting our bearings and grounding right for the future week and so it's a time of reflection to me it's um, a time to appreciate God in nature um, in his word, and with fellow fellow family members and church family. So, yeah, to me, it's just getting my bearings, re- reconfiguring where I am and where I'm going, and what's really important, getting those priorities back in order.
3: Fantastic. Thank you so much. Will, what would you like to say to that briefly, please?
6: No relationship can last without spending time with each other. I found that absence doesn't always make the heart grow fonder, um, escaping the worry and flurry of life to seek the presence of the Lord and renew the relationship and review what he has done for us will do for our salvation uh, wonderful things. And this is all spiritually invigorating. Meeting with him and spending time with him on the Sabbath has got to just grow us.
3: Amen. Licia, would you like to share, please? Well, the Sabbath, for me, it's, Totally something special
4: because you already, you are already disconnected of the worries and stress of work, um, of home and everything. So when you are disconnected of the stress of life, you reconnect again with God in a special way and you feel the blessings of the Sabbath in a special way. I mean, I, I have a relationship with God every day of the week and I worship the Lord and I study God's word. But Sabbath, it's totally a special blessing. Exactly. You feel the, the, the blessings of God that he sanctified the day. He play, he placed it aside as a sign when we meet with him and we fellowship with God's people. In, in reverence, worshipping the Lord on Sabbath, it's a special, totally special day.
3: Bless you. You're all enthusiastic and that's fabulous. Nick, share with us last, but not least.
0: Right, Helen. Um, for me, I will say the first experience, even though, even though I knew about the Sabbath, but the first experience when I decided to keep the Sabbath was that I lost my job. (laughs) <laughs> and you know for uh, every one of us you know it's uh, we're thinking that's, yeah, that's the source of living you know I mean you know you have to provide um, but when I decided I lost my job but in the same day I find peace oh. with God okay. and um, not to uh, expand on this too much uh, that God in his mercy when we are taking a decision he's not leaving us on our own, he's side by side with us. God provide me another job in the same day, which is an amazing story to share maybe one day.
3: Well, thank you, Nick. Fantastic. Ken, do you want to take a double dip here?
1: Look, I, I just wanted to mention, uh, adds up to what Nick said just regarding jobs. And I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who would be worried if they start and keep the Sabbath, they lose the job. Now, this is a, a true story. Some years ago, uh, when I was uh, looking for another job, uh, I had this interview with the, the boss of the company, and we're chatting away, and he's telling me all about it. And we, we sort of, uh, I said to him, oh, there's just one thing. He says, oh, what's that? I says, I don't work Saturdays. And he says, oh, why is that? So I ended up being, uh, being um, given him uh, the story about the Lord, and I still got the job and didn't ever have to work Saturdays. So, you
3: have to trust God. Yeah, bless you. Thank you. And by the way, if that doesn't work out the same for other people, just remember when God closes one door, he always opens another one. For me, the Sabbath is a pause that refreshes. I think the panel know how much I love music. And I think of the Sabbath like that. And it's like a pattern, you know, six days and one day, six days of work, one day of rest. And for me, God is like the great symphonic conductor. He orders his composition in six seventh time. One, two, three, four, five, six, rest. One, two, three, four, five, six, rest. And so for me, it's harmony. and And God brings that harmony into my life by allowing me to have that very special day. Well, let's move on with our study. Some people believe that the Sabbath was only instigated at Mount Sinai. I think we've clearly shown it was way before that. But, Marek, would you share with us, please, there's a passage in Exodus 16, 23 to 28, and it says that, well, we want to talk about the Sabbath before Sinai. Would you share with us, please?
2: Yes, wonderful. Oh, good. Uh, it's a long passage, and I'm not sure that we have time to read the whole passage. Uh, some people feel that there is silence on the matter of the Sabbath between the account of creation and Mount Sinai. Uh, But in actual fact, that silence attests to the fact that the Sabbath was a common practice among the patriarchs and among the people that lived uh, between the time of of Eden and uh, and the law being given at Sinai. But then we have a beautiful account given to us before uh, the event of Sinai, uh, the giving of the manor as, as Pastor Will has already mentioned, and uh, and in that account, starting in uh, chapter 16 of Exodus and verse 23, uh, we read here, Moses said to the people, this is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow is to be a day of rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. So bake what you want to bake and boil what you want to boil. Save whatever is left and keep it until morning. Now, it, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's interesting here that we have mention of a preparation day, the day that precedes the Sabbath. That's when all the cooking, all the preparation work was to be done, and none of that work was to be done on the Sabbath. That Sabbath was to be a holy time, a very special time, as we have already uh, discussed. And uh, it's, it's fascinating that in some cultures, even today, uh, everything revolves around the Sabbath. The Sabbath is the center of the week, we have the Sabbath and then we have the first day after the Sabbath, the second day, the third day of the Sabbath. And then when we come towards the other end of the week, it's the day before the Sabbath, even as 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 often counted in, uh, in the New Testament. And the day before Sabbath is preparation day. And so for good reasons here, when people came out from Egypt, Moses had to remind them of what was required of them. And so in verse 29, it states, bear in mind that the Lord has given you the Sabbath. That is why on the sixth day, he gives you the bread for two days. It's wonderful. You know, here is Moses reminding them of what God has provided for them by means of the Sabbath. So we can see that the Sabbath existed uh, right throughout that period of time from creation to Mount Sinai. Mount Sinai, God had to remind them and formally wrote the commandments in, in two um, tablets of stone, but the Sabbath was well in existence and Moses ensured that the people, as they traveled through the wilderness, kept the Sabbath as God had intended and as God has required. Helen, a very interesting thing. We we rarely think of Friday as preparation day unless we literally observe the Sabbath, and it is preparation day. But I oftentimes think to myself, how many people in the world today even think of where the seven-day cycle came from? You know, why do we have a seven-day week? Why do we have the first day of the week and Friday the preparation day and Sabbath the seventh day? You know, all of that originates from the very beginning of creation. And and so when you ask that question of individuals, friends, and so forth, colleagues who are not Sabbath observers, they're puzzled by it. Where did the seven-day cycle come from? But the Bible clearly tells us where it did. It was designed by God, intended for our benefit, and very much a time when God wants to commune with us on that seventh day. And so it's a very special time that we should really reconsider and ensure that it is part of our lifestyle, part of uh our um, weekly practice.
3: Thank you so much, Mary. Thank you. Lucia? Okay, we
4: can read in Exodus chapter 16, verse 23. And uh, it says, uh, Moses said to them, to the Israelites, this is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow is to be a day of rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. So bake what you want to bake and boil what you want to boil. Save whatever is left and keep it until morning. So, this was God's commandment. Today, tomorrow is going to be a day of rest, and today is the day of preparation. So, it, it was God's command.
3: Thank you. It certainly wasn't a day of fasting because he said prepare, you know, on the day before enough for the Sabbath. Is the Sabbath a test of loyalty to God, do you believe?
4: I think so it is. For those who love the Lord and want to serve the Lord, it's a test. Yes, it is a test.
3: Yeah, it's a very important uh, appointment, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, Lydia, can you please go on to our third question, the covenant sign, Exodus 31, 16 and 17, and tell us is the Sabbath an appropriate covenant sign and what is it a sign of and we're going to have ken and marek and will give us an idea of what these signs are in a moment but if you'd share exodus 31 16 and 17 i'd appreciate that
4: thank you and also i would love to read verse 13 it says uh, then the lord said to moses say to the israelites you must observe the sabbath this will be a sign between me and you For the generations to come, so you may know that I am the Lord who makes you holy. Observe the Sabbath because it is holy to you. And verse 16, it says the Israelites are to observe the Sabbath, celebrating it for the generations to come as a lasting covenant. It will be a sign between me and the Israelites forever For in six days the Lord made the the heavens and the earth, and on the seventh day he abstained from work and rested. So it says he abstained. The Lord himself abstained from work and rested. So we uh, we find here that it says that the Sabbath is designated as a sign. So as a sign is not a symbol. In the sense of a thing that naturally uh, typifies, represents, or recalls something else because both share similar qualities. Uh, for example, a symbol of a feast uh, up with a thumb up often denotes uh, might or power. But in the Bible, the Sabbath as a sign functioned as an outward mark or object or condition intended to convey a distinctive message. Nothing in the, in the sign itself particularly linked, linked it to the covenant. So the Sabbath was a covenant sign between me and you throughout the generations. So Sabbath is a sign of God's saving grace. It's not a sign of salvation by
3: works. Thank you so much. I liked it when you said it was a sign between God and us. I think that was so important. Ken, um, it's also a sign of what? Something else
1: there. Well, what is fascinating about the Sabbath as a sign of the covenant of grace is that for centuries the Jews have understood the Sabbath to be a sign of naznatic redemption. They saw in the Sabbath the foretaste of salvation in the Messiah because we understand redemption as coming only from grace. And because we understand the covenant to be a covenant of grace, the link between the Sabbath, redemption, and the covenant is made clear. But contrary to common opinion, the Sabbath is a sign of God's saving grace. It's not a sign of salvation by works. Hmm.
3: Thank you so much, Ken. Isn't that beautiful? It's a covenant of saving grace. Thank you for that. Marek, would you share us what other sign it is, please?
2: Right. Well, one of the things that's highlighted in this text, uh, verse 13 of Exodus 31, that it was to be a sign of knowledge. Uh, A a sign that we have a special relationship, a special knowledge uh, with God, the creator. Uh, This is an incredibly interesting concept because in Hebrew thought, uh, to say that you know someone literally means that you have a very personal and intimate relationship with that individual. And, uh, and I, I looked that up a little bit uh, during the week because it, it kind of caught my attention. Uh, what does it mean to know God or what does it mean when God says, I know you, as he did in the case of Abraham, it really signifies a very close, intimate relationship. And that intimate relationship consists of a mental, emotional, social spiritual, as well as a physical aspect. And so here, when we know God or God knows us, it is a reference to a very intimate relationship uh, between God and ourselves. And that intimate relationship can only be described as a loving relationship. God wants to have a loving relationship with us. We want to have a loving relationship with God. And so the Sabbath is a symbol of that level of knowing of God and of God knowing uh, us. So it's something very precious, something very deep that uh, really requires a lot more reflection and a lot more time to discuss than we were able to this morning.
3: Thank you, Merrick. Yeah, Um, I reminded when we said before about being holy, just in what you were saying about it encompassing every part of us, We are holy when we are holy his. So holy as in H-O-L-Y, but when we are holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y, we are holy when we are holy his. Will, you wanted to share something.
6: Yes, while Marek was speaking about knowing, I thought of a text, well, several texts in the scriptures, which uh, in Hebrew thought illustrates this close intimacy Um, You know that the terminology is used that uh, Adam knew his wife, Abraham, or Abraham knew Sarah, of course, talking about uh, intimacy. And uh, whilst it's not quite the same with us and God, it is a kind of close relationship, a close understanding and a close knowledge of each other, uh, which uh, draws us uh, into a kind of love relationship with him.
2: Mm. Oh. And Helen, uh, just following up on what Will has said You know, today, we oftentimes think of relationships Between human beings as consisting of a physical relationship You know, like Adam came to know his wife and so forth But in actual fact, in Hebrew thought Those close intimate relationships had a far bigger meaning It wasn't just physically knowing something It was spiritually engaging with that individual yeah. Emotionally, mentally linking with that individual, not just physically. And so here, those intimate relationships are of a far greater magnitude than what we typically think of relationships as being from our current sort of modern perspective.
3: Thank you for adding that, gentlemen. That was really great. Um, I just had a, a little note that meaning to know God was to be in a right relationship with him. And there are several texts in scripture, which we're not going to read, but I'll just share with you. 1 Chronicles twenty eight nine says to serve him. Isaiah 11.2 says to fear him. That means to reverence him. Isaiah 43.10, to believe him. Psalm 9.10, to trust him and seek him. Jeremiah 10, 25, to call on his name. It is, as you say, it goes further than the physical side. Um, It's such a closeness, such a relationship. And, you know, I, I remember the time I just said to the Lord, and I've shared this before, when I threw the Bible on the bed one day and I said, Father, I don't want to study to teach or study to preach anymore. I want to study this wonderful book of yours to get to know you. Who are you? And it made such a difference in my life. And he said, if you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. And it's a great journey to be on. Nick, you wanted to say something.
0: I just want to add uh, here, Helen, that um, as we are talking today about the Sabbath and the importance of uh, the Sabbath day, the seventh day which God blessed, many Christians may argue the point that they will keep Sunday as their Sabbath in a similar way like us there will there will be sincere christian people who like to have the same experience with god what would like to add or to say today is that if we obey god's commandments as god place in our way to say so this amazing experience to have the sabbath to keep the sabbath it's important to identify uh, the Sabbath day, because that's, that's why we are talking a little bit more today about the, uh, also about the sign covenant, which was at Mount Sinai, which many people will say this is for the Jews. But we are Christians of the New Testament. We are Christian to follow Jesus' teachings. And we can have a big argument on this. What I would like to add very quickly, I had the privilege to to interview a theologian having a discussion with another theologian uh, a Greek orthodox and um, our brother who became an adventist he was sharing with the with the Greek uh, priest about the teachings of the bible and the priest said look i learned so much through this period of time with you and i agree you know we, with a lots of things but in one aspect, you are wrong. You are wrong about the Sabbath. The Sabbath is the Sunday, he said. And the theologian, the, the uh, Greek theologian said this to the priest. Okay, let's look at this. And he said, it's wonderful that the New Testament was written in Greek, actually, because it uh, has so m- much more meaning. He says, which one is the first day? asked the priest. And the priest thought for a moment, and he said, the second. Okay, then, which day is the second day? And the priest said, the third. And he went like that, because you, in Greek, days are numbered, you know, the first, the second, and third, and so on. And he was going like that, and the priest realized that he's going on the wrong path. and said, oh, what I'm doing here, you know? And he said this, now, which day is the sixth day? And in Greek, the six days, not number, number six, it's called preparation day, which identified definitely the day before the Sabbath, the day before the seven day Sabbath. And it's a very simple way to, uh, you know, unless you want to be yourself hooked on the teachings on or on the tradition in which you practice your faith. In God, Otherwise, the Bible is so clear, we no not doubt about which one is the seventh-day Sabbath.
3: Thank you, Nick. All right. I um, think, Ken, you wanted to say something.
0: Yes, uh, I, I believe
1: today that the majority of people out there who attend church have no idea, and I'm not being rude here, but literally have no idea how important the Sabbath day is, not only We're talking about here, it's a covenant sign, but it's also the seal of God. We read in Revelation 7, 1-8, I'll just give a quick overview of this. It says here that the redeemed bear a seal on their foreheads. The seal consists of the names of God and the Lamb and shows that the redeemed belong to God. The seal is presumably not a visual one, but a way of indicating that people find their identity in relationship to God and Christ. This seal or relationship, does not mean that people are exempt from all earthly suffering, but it does show that God has claimed them and gives them the promise of life everlasting. Now John hears that those who are are sealed number 144,000 from the promise of life everlasting. Now these are from the 12 tribes of Israel, but when he turns to look at them, he discovers that they are actually a countless multitude from every tribe and nation. The hundred and forty four thousand are not a special ethnic group. The imagery describes the whole people of God, the seal that they bear is the opposite of the mark of the beast, which is introduced in Revelation thirteen, eleven and verse eighteen. So when Jesus comes back there are only two kinds of people on the earth those that have followed Christ and have the seal of God, and those who have rejected Christ and have the mark of the beast. One lot will be saved, the other will be lost forever.
3: Thank you, Ken. Okay. Um, we've spoken so far of the covenant sign, the sign of grace. Um, we've spoken, uh, Marek shared us the sign of knowledge. Will, I think there's another sign here we need to um, have a quick look at. Can you share us with it, please?
6: Is it something that we can easily uh, skip over, but the Sabbath, um was given to the world as a sign of God as a creator, we know, but also as a sign of him as a sanctifier, making us pure and, uh, and, and clean. Um, Leviticus 20, verse 8, the Lord says of himself, and you shall keep my statutes and perform them. I am the Lord who sanctifies, sanctifies you. Keep my statutes, perform them. I am the Lord who sanctifies you. Deuteronomy 7 verse 6 says you are a holy people to the Lord your God God, your God has chosen you to be a people for himself a special treasure above all the peoples of the face of the earth so he connects the Sabbath as a sign of sanctification.
3: Wow, thank you, Will. That's so important. So that was just great. We're going to wrap up now as the time is going, and um, we're going on to our fourth section, Remembering the Sabbath. Joe, would you share with us Exodus 28, please?
5: Yes, Exodus 28 reminds us. It says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Now, we all know that remember <laughs> Um has many aspects, but one that I like to dwell on is um looking to the past. And um I think in Hebrew it is zakor or zakar and it means to to call to mind, to recall. Uh, but also for instance, if I were to remember an anniversary or a birthday, is it something that I just happen to see on the calendar on the morning of the day? Or is it something that I have looked forward to for a little while and made some preparations for and made an effort? And um, I'd like to read just a little excerpt from a Jewish scholar that I came across called Nahum Sana. And this is a quote. In the Bible, remembering particularly on the part of God, is not the retention or recollection of a mental image, but a focusing upon the object of memory that results in action. So when this is God, God remembers us. So when we remember his special day, we are setting into action something, but we're also looking back. And what are we looking back at, you might ask? Well, you know, some people say, well, I think we're looking back at creation. This is where the Sabbath was instituted. But there's also another one, and that is found in Deuteronomy 5.15. And a part of it says, as, you know, uh, about the Sabbath, and I'll just look it up, six days, our shalt labour, goes on, goes on, goes on, and remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt. Okay, so that's another thing that we need to look back, not just creation, but look back to the fact that we were slaves in Egypt. And that's metaphorical, isn't it? We have all been slaves in Egypt. And this is the Sabbath is a commemoration of our freedom, of our redemption. And dare I say salvation? So it's not something for the Jews to remember because we have all been redeemed. We have all been saved by grace. And this is a celebration. This is a commemoration that God has saved us. And we're spending this intimate time with him. Dwelling on his graciousness, his beauty, his majesty, his goodness and being transformed by beholding we too become changed into his image. And I think that's the special time of, of, um, keeping the Sabbath, but also that aspect of looking back, look, looking back to creation, looking back to when we were slaves in Egypt and where, how far God has brought us along and praising him for it.
3: Thank
2: you, Joe. Uh, Merrick, you wanted to say something? Yeah, I just wanted to uh, um, continue with a thought that Joe has mentioned here. People do oftentimes associate the Sabbath with the Jewish nation and think that it was a gift to a specific cultural group. But in actual fact, the prophets emphasise the fact that the Sabbath is all-inclusive. When we read Isaiah 56, it says, all who keep the Sabbath without desecrating it, And who hold fast my covenant, these I will bring to my holy mountain. In the last chapter of Isaiah, chapter 66, again, it says from one new moon to another, from one Sabbath to another, all mankind will come and bow down before me, says the Lord. This is all inclusive. It's all mankind, all people. It's not just for the Jewish nation.
3: Oh, Thank you, Merrick, a very important point. Um, Just moving on, we've just dealt about the Sabbath was a sign to remember the Sabbath and that was the past. Uh, The present in Deuteronomy 5.12. Lydia, would you briefly share that for us, please? Yes, we read in Deuteronomy
4: 5.12. Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy as the Lord your God has commanded you. So this is the fourth commandment observe the Sabbath day or remember the Sabbath day by keeping holy. So, the injunction uh, to remember also has implications for the present uh, in, in which we are living now. Uh, we are not only to remember the Sabbath, as it says in Exodus 28, but also we are to observe and keep it holy Um, the Sabbath has important implications for us today in the present because by keeping the Sabbath holy, we are obedient to the Lord and we drink from our love
3: to God. Thank you. Good answer. Ken, the future. Does it mention the future, please?
1: Well, yes, it does. Uh, The Sabbath also points us forward. The person who remembers the keeping of the Sabbath has a promising, rich, and meaningful future with the Lord of the Sabbath. He or she remains in the covenant relationship because he or she remains in the Lord. Again, when we understand the covenant to be a relationship between God and humankind, the Sabbath, which greatly can help strengthen that relationship, comes into specific prominence. So as Merrick was saying a few moments ago, the Sabbath is an ongoing thing. It's for all people, for all generations, for all time.
5: Um, just in relation to remembering as a future, you know, remembering the Sabbath in the future, we know that there's a text in scripture in, um, Isaiah 66 where it says it shall come past that come to pass that from one new moon to another and from one Sabbath to another that all flesh shall come to worship before me, says the Lord. So here we have the Sabbath continuing way into the future. Um, even in the recreated new earth and heaven. So it's not something that, you know, was nailed to the cross, something that was done away with, something that was cultural and specific to one ethnic group, but something that um, transcends all time. What was the text
3: again, Jo? I think it was uh,
5: 60, Isaiah 66,
3: Thank you for sharing that. Thank you so much. And we've only got a minute or two. So, Merrick, can you sum up, please, about uh, Deuteronomy 5.14, I believe. Merrick, have you got that?
2: Mm -hmm. Thank you. Right. Well, in uh, Deuteronomy chapter 5, where we see the repeat of the commandments again in verse 12, it says, Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy as the Lord your God has commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter or your manservant or maidservant, nor your ox, your donkey or any of your animals, nor the alien within your gates, so that your manservant and maidservant may rest as you do. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord God brought you out of there with a mighty hand, and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. It's it's wonderful. The Sabbath day is a memorial of creation. It's uh, it's it's a memorial of uh, of God's liberation of His people from slavery. Uh, the Sabbath today is also uh, not just a reminder, but something that liberates us from the slavery of, of materialism. And it's, it's, it's designed for us to refocus, designed to convey God's presence when the sense of God's absence is most keenly felt in the world. I'm always reminded of a statement that says that if all mankind would keep the Sabbath, there would not be any disbelievers in the world today. There would be no agnostics in the world today. Such a pity that that Sabbath, that special treasure has been lost in time for reasons that are sometimes difficult to understand.
3: Merrick, thank you. I think that sums it up very, very well. And um, to our wonderful listener out there, I just pray that you have been enlightened and um, we won't be judged at the end of time by what the light we're given. We will be judged by what we do with the light. So in keeping the Sabbath, we acknowledge that God is our covenant Lord, the Lord of our lives, our Redeemer and Sanctifier. You know, it's the most beautiful day, and you've heard our panel today testifying to that. And I just hope and pray that each one of us has learnt about the Sabbath and that we will keep God's day rather than the day of tradition. And um, I'd like, Will, would you please just finish with prayer for us?
6: Our dear loving Heavenly Father, <clears throat> we realise that the gift of the Sabbath is uh, part of, uh, as part of the covenant relationship with your people, inevitably points us to a God who is not only our creator and redeemer, but a God who promises a secure and happy eternity for those who could learn to love him. Pray, Lord, that uh, every listener and every member of the panel may have the security of knowing that God is their God and that he is their security and their Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
3: Thank you, everybody.
6: Amen. Thank you, panel. Uh, this was a very
0: interesting um, Bible study. And uh, I would like to thank our listeners for uh, being with us today and inviting you to come back uh, next time when we are looking at the new covenant and to see the connection and the relation in between all God's covenants. May God richly bless you. Until then, keep walking in the footsteps of Jesus.